This is Dragon Talk. Oh, hello, welcome to another Dragon Talk. We thought we'd throw one more out in our summer frenzy of podcast production. It's, we're talking prior to the crew match up in the star, uh, press box in a pretty deserted race course. Hope it fills out a little bit later on. And uh, I just thought we might give a few opinions on how Wrexham are shaping up. Brian Little has said that he's finished adding to his squad, although he's then immediately started lumping trialists in, uh, but only ones with the name Smith to simplify matters somewhat. So, I don't know, Rich, I mean, you've had a chance to look at them a little bit now. What, what do you make of the, the new look Wrexham side? I think it's shaping up quite nicely, Mark. I mean, I'm, obviously, we can't really comment on pre-season coming about how it's going to go, but I think the basis of the squad now is looking... Well, it's looking better than it was last year, I think, anyway. I think it's looking a bit more promising that we've actually got players who can play a bit of football, hopefully. And That's definitely a step up from last season. Well, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to be that kind of nasty about it, but <laughs> but you're right, yeah. And we just, I, I still worry, though, that we haven't really got an out-and-out goal scorer. We've got, we got, you know, Jeff Louis, who's a, he's a pacey striker, but I, after his uh, display on Saturday with his wild air kick, air shot, I, 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 you know, it's, it's not a striker, is he? Yeah, yeah, well, we'll be hearing a bit about Jeff Louis, Jefferson Louis. I, I can't. All right, all right, I'll, I'll miss. I've, I've had my pronunciation lesson from Geraint five minutes ago on the pronunciation of all these blinking players, Brian Little Blinks, and I can't say their names. I thought it was Tom Kearney. It's Tom Kearney, I believe now. Um, Jefferson Louis, I just you, changed from match to match. You've got to get a real scout twang on the, on the, on the, on the uh, Kearney. 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 No, it's Kearney, not Kearney. 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 Well, it was, it was that scout. You've got to categorise it up. I can't. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> it's so it's it's Kearney, it's Louis. Although Are you I sure uh, now. Don't you were you were you saw what he says. You heard. Oh, we're gonna have a spat before this evening. It's, it's, that doesn't okay, bode well, does it? Really? It's definitely Jeff Louis, isn't it? He likes to be called Jeff Jefferson. He likes to be called Jeff. Yeah, well, I. You know, uh, who's he to argue with me? Some six foot five, scary looking bloke. That, that's yeah. him, not me. I hasten to add, listeners. <laughs> Wales' fattest schoolboy goalkeeper. Oh, thank you very much for that. I'll have you in the car back afterwards. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I can't really talk, can I? <laughs> no. Um, oh, thanks. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 oh, dear. This just isn't going well. Anyway, welcome to Dragon Talk. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Walter Matto and Jack Lemon locked in their covers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, so yeah, it's Louis. Sorry. Fine. And there's some other guy's name I can't pronounce. Can't remember who it was now. Oh, Wally. Wally. Sean Wally. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Brothers, we'll be talking later about Louis to a, uh, a fan of Woking who was uh, be able to fill us in a little bit with the, the, the information about him. But I don't know. I just to me, it's not so much up front. Although I, I agree. I mean, I, I'm not so sure where the goals are coming from. But in midfield, I just think, well, you've got Keeney. And he looks very good. And he brought in Carden, and I think he was his trophy signing. He's lost him. He was the first bloke he got. He's not replaced him, because Keeney was, was in the pipeline anyway. And I just look at it now, and I think, well, you know, much, do we need someone alongside him? We've got, we got plenty of options, but do we need someone with a bit of experience I alongside mean, to start the season off with him? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the loss of Paul Carden, I think, for us, you'd expect Brian Little to go out and replace him straight away with, with a similar sort of play, and he hasn't done that, and that, that does worry me slightly, but... Kearney, is that right? Yeah, nice, nice. Kearney, he's a decent player. He's a sort of player in the middle that we need. He's he's very aware of the game, especially aware. He's got a good footballing brain. Mm-hmm. He's a really clever player. 
but he needs players around him to be able to be effective I think yeah exactly He's and it's interesting in the last Dragon Talk I was talking to a Halifax fan and he was saying that Kearney is a, a defensive midfielder one of those tidy ones like um, like the Whitley brothers um, who, who isn't imposed like Danny Williams but he sits in front of a defence he uses the ball conservatively as we've seen already tracks runs really well he's responsible he doesn't waste the ball but uh, having said that he was saying, you know, he'll look good alongside an attacking midfielder. But it seems to me Little's planning to play him as the attacking midfielder, as the creator. That, that does worry me slightly, because I think as a defensive midfielder, I think he'd be an absolutely fantastic player. But I just don't know whether he's got that that finesse, really, to be an attacking midfielder. Mm. But we'll see. I mean, I'm sure Brian Little knows what he's doing, <laughs> I hope. Well, he's but, got plenty of experience, hasn't he? But <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's, a, it's the same thing with... Um, with Michael Proctor as well, I, I, I can't understand why he was on the transfer list. He was, um, you know, he was, he was, you know, our top goal scorer last season, Mark. And okay, I miss it, it wasn't many goals, but in a difficult side to play in, with not a lot of service, and from a difficult position, he scored goals. And I think in the conference, with the right player alongside him and with the right service, Michael Proctor could score goals for us. Yeah, absolutely. I like Proctor, um, and you can't, you know, he scored 12 <laughs> for a poor side who weren't creating at a higher level. So you'd like to think that he's made some impact. He's looked quite sharp. You know, in the pre-season game so far, I think he's got the fight in him as well to try and prove his point as well. Because I, I, you know, I, I can't really see any other clubs coming in for him now. I mean, it might happen still. I can't see it happening. So he, he realises he's got to fight for his place. He wants to play football. And I, th- I think his, his attitude is that he is going to fight and he is going to get win his place back. Yeah, I, th- I think another one is very interesting. I know he's starting with him again today. Is Easton, who um, oh, I mean, I like Easton. But he's, I think in, in both friendly so far, he's really sent a message out to Brian Little to say, you know, I'm better than this, you should keep me. Absolutely. Aston's he's that, he's that player, he's, you know, he's got a bit of pace on him, he's skillful on the ball, he's got good football in brain again, and, he, and he's got a bit of muscle on him as well, and he can, he, he, he can actually, he's a bit, you know, beefy, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He's, he's not like the lightweight kind of Matty Dong type player. Yeah, he's very hard to knock off the ball. Um, you might argue Doan has more end products, although the statistics don't necessarily agree with that. Doan's last goal for us was at Sheffield Wednesday, the start of the season before last. You look at the assists, Doan didn't set that many up. I liked Doan, don't get me wrong, and he had the pace and he could stretch a game. Um, but in many respects, the, the end product between he and Easton is pretty close. Doan excited the crowd a lot last season, I think, with, with his... Um with his mazy runs and, and beating the defenders but I, I agree other than that there wasn't really a lot to his game yeah well he's the sort of player I, I'd say there was a lot to his game but it didn't actually come to fruition because he looked to have all the attributes the way he could hit, he could hit a shot from the edge of the box he could cut inside and do that he looked like he could deliver but we didn't I, maybe to be fair how many assists you get is linked to how good the blokes are driving the ball in towards are but it's a, good, it's a good point as well you know as, as we've already said we were a poor side last year and Obviously, players aren't going to play to their full potential in, in such a poor side with, with players that are around them aren't performing, but then begs the question, why aren't they performing well? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, you sometimes, it's funny, players who totally fail somewhere can improve, do better at a higher level sometimes, and it's all about pieces of jigsaw falling into place. I mean, it's interesting, on Saturday, there were, there were certain really nice pieces of interplay, um, and a lot of it in the second half involved span. And I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, Span, I, I think Little made the right decision in getting re- try, looking to get rid. Absolutely. And there were certain things Span did which were, which were shocking on Saturday, as there, there were all last season as well. And yet there, were all, there are certain moments where he can pass it, where he can use it, and you think, well, that's higher level. You know, and you get somebody who can link with him, like Proctor. 
pulling off into the box and Span having had a nice exchange of pass of Fleming actually being aware enough to look up and see that and play the perfect ball in whereas most players at this level would have thrashed it in but I'm still not a big yeah, fan I, mean, <laughs> I think, I think the thing with uh, Span being transfer listed well, I, I think Brian Little probably knew that nobody was going to come in for him in, in anybody in the right mind anyway but you're right though on, on Saturday there was, there was periods of the game where he looked like a real quality player but it was just he's the most inconsistent player ever and I just don't think there's a place for him at Wrexham to be honest with you well, it's, it's the, he's one of these players who's hard to accommodate like, like Mark Jones we came in in a sense you have to build the team around someone and you just thought well, if you put Span in a position where he's responsible you might have a problem there was, there was a, a absolutely tear him a hair out uh, in, in that game on Saturday when he was, he's playing on the right side of midfield we're defending we're in our box the midfield are all back helping out and when we managed to get it clear there were three players in the halfway line the two strikers and Span he's like what the heck are you doing up there and yet having then come from this totally out of position place where he must have switched off and not bothered going back and doing his job uh, he managed to win the ball and pinged a fantastic ball over the top to Proctor who was well, given offside it was a marginal call and you sort of think well that's him in a nutshell he's been so um, neglectful and yet five seconds later he's done something you won't see many players at this level or the level at last season achieve but I, I don't think we, we, we've got space on the side especially in, 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 in the conference to, to have players that switch oh, off I like agree. that Agreed. We, we've got to have players who, who are turned on mm-hmm. big big brutes of players who, who can actually put their foot in a bit and that's not span he switches off too much and he just he loses track of the game and where he should be absolutely absolutely it's, I, I agree I mean I think he made the right decision but it's frustrating because you see little glimpses of him and you think he can play he can really really play but sadly they're, they're glimpses and not something that he sustains I mean it's, it's less than 30% of the time as well when he's actually yeah. well, that's been generous as well I think <laughs> but, but, you know, but you know if he, if he was just if he was a half decent player which I think he is with that consistency then yeah I think he'd be a great asset to us mm-hmm. but he's not and he's just taking up a wage at the moment Speaking of taking up wages, Richard Hope's gone. Now you've got to be careful what you say next. Obviously, the slander laws apply. <laughs> I'll just say nothing at all. <laughs> no, I, I, you say it best when you say nothing at all, Rich. Something I've felt for quite a long time. As, a, as do most of Red Passion. <laughs> oi, oi. <laughs> oh, I love you really, Red Passion. No, but Richard Hope, I thought, you know, we, the excitement surrounding his arrival here, you know, he was a decent player, you know. <laughs> but um, and I think he showed signs of being a decent player at certain points during the season which he did come on be honest he did but other times he was an absolute liability you're getting uh, you're getting no support from me on that argument <laughs> I felt from the very start I was looking at him thinking he looks quite poor but there must be something more to him once he gets into the swing of things but once he actually got once he settled into his real game I found that he was worse yeah, but I'm just trying to avoid getting done for slander, so... <laughs> <laughs> I th- I've said before, my dad's a season ticket holder, he's just had a, a complete knee replacement, and he's, it's two and a half weeks after the operation, and he's showing more signs of mobility than Hope ever did last season. He's 77, by the way. Good on him. That's a, you know, <laughs> if, if he wants to come and play for us, I'm, I'm sure we've got a space for him. Well, we did last year, didn't we, let's be honest. <laughs> I just... I, I just I, I, oh, no, I, I don't know. What Grimsby see in Richard Hope? We did have two solid performances against him, didn't we? We only let him one yeah, goal yeah. in two games against him. And it was around the time when Little had made us look solid. 
Now whether they saw that, but honestly, if they saw that, you're scouting. You've got to look at the, over the whole season, haven't you, as well? And, and you know, we were the worst team in the league, basically. And he was, well, the cause of a lot of it. To be honest, he was the cause of a, a loss of a lot of goals. And if they if they, if they didn't realise that, then they, they're mugs, aren't they? Absolutely, it's fantastic. <laughs> Did the the smell of cod overwhelm the stench of failure around him? <laughs> and then they doubled their money with Chris Llewellyn. It's like it's, it's hard it, to believe. Again, Llewellyn, who who on his day is a decent player, but he's just far too well lazy, I think, and just again not consistent enough. Mm. And he's I just don't think he wants to be playing his football here, which was, which was a big problem for Wrexham, I think, in actually getting performances out of him, but. Again, another player which I'm not sad to see the back of. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Well, I, I think that you're right. On his day, he was a good. He could put in a good performance. Unfortunately, generally his day tended to come not on a match day, but when he was at Collier's Park. <laughs> well, I'll be slightly kind of that. Maybe one in twenty games he'd have a decent <laughs> game, but <laughs> I just he just he, used to, he was another one who do me head in a bit. To be honest, with you. there's an awful lot of running around to all purpose a lot of the time, and. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't understand how we, how we always got games. To be honest, his performances week week in week out just weren't mm. up to the standards of, of of how it should have been, and he got away with it for some reason. Yeah, yeah. But I, th- I think another interesting uh, position is, is is the goalkeeping position. And obviously, Ryan Little's go for Gavin Ward as number one according to the squad numbers anyway. But Tony Williams has stated in the press this week that he's well he's adamant that he's going to win his place back and what, what, would, you, what would you do with uh, Ward and Williams well I, th- I think at the moment his hands are totally tied I think it, he, he wants Williams out he wants Ward as his first choice and he can't have that um, I, I think it's I'd be interested to see what would happen if Williams went because is he really going to throw Maxwell in as the sub-keeper I doubt that well you see that, that would worry me and having Williams around as a, as a backup mm. isn't a bad no. isn't a bad thing I think I think Ward would be more more than good enough for us in the conference. Um, did, did a right last season, I think. Mostly, I, I think. Yeah. yeah as, as a goalkeeper yourself, man, how would you rate his performances last season? I think Ward is is a very good shot stopper, very good shot stopper, um, and I don't think he's quite as good in the air as a six foot five bloke should be. I don't think he's quite as decisive in that respect, um, but I think he's a decent enough keeper. Um, Williams. I think suffers from the fact that he's not six foot five, and I think suffers from the fact that I think his confidence has been knocked a bit by what happened last season. Which, you know, I mean, maybe is partly down to playing behind a leaky defence. To be fair, but um, when you remember him when he was with us on loan initially, helping us to survive the season before last, and he was a superb organiser. He was vocal. He was up there, and it's hard to sustain that when you feel that a couple of soft goals in and the defence don't trust you. It's hard to keep that confidence going and and keep being that presence at the back and that boss of the back four and I, I just worry that's happened to him a little bit and maybe the close season will help him but um, yeah I think he's well I mean if Little could have his way he wouldn't be here would he but the question is what he'd bring in in his place I, it, w- it wouldn't fill me full of confidence to have um, to, to have Maxwell as the, as the backup keeper to be honest with you it'd be a huge gamble wouldn't it and you know, I, I feel since I've started watching Wrexham a long long time ago how many goalkeepers have we managed to bring through and produce I'm not saying it's a fault of Wrexham but it's it's difficult to actually bring keepers through, isn't it? You know, I mean, Nesvecki, all right, that's the seventies, and you you had lots of supposedly promising young goalies. You lob them in, and they crack. Rogers, Walsh, in the, la- the the list. I'm sure. Stop and think about it. In the eighties, it was a, every every four nights we had a a, a different goalkeeper <laughs> crash and burn. There is one solution to our problem. 
bring back Kevin Dearden. Oh, shut up. Come off it. <laughs> Kevin Dearden. He made me look like an athlete, that guy. The guy was a legend. <laughs> well, it, 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 the only element of him being a legend I would subscribe to is I wish he wasn't real. If he'd never existed and was just a legend, that'd be fine you by see, me. You see, that's cruel, because I, I, I thought that Dearden was a great shot stopper. He wasn't. Rubbish everyone, in the air. Everyone said he was a good shot stopper. Oh, he was. But he wasn't. He was rubbish in the air. No, uh, no. People look at short goalkeepers and they say, he must be a good short, he was, shot stopper. He was, though. When? Every game when I was standing on the cop watching him. He's a little bloke with stumpy arms like a Tyrannosaurus and the ball went in the, anywhere near the bottom corner. He couldn't reach it. Maybe it's just I couldn't actually see, see him on the pitch. He was that small. <laughs> but. Uh, he, he reminded me of me and that was a big problem because I was too short to be a goalkeeper. <laughs> And I did certain cowardly things which would protect me from doing the, the, taking me out of my comfort zone. So I didn't like coming for crosses. And so I would tie myself to my near post so I wouldn't be in a position to attack a cross. And it didn't look like my fault or I hadn't come for it. Or I'd take little backward steps so I'm right tied to my line so that I can't be in a position to come for it. Now, I had a shock when I... I mean, that's at my level of football. I had a shock when I saw him and realised there was a professional goalkeeper and he was doing exactly the same things I did. He'd step back over his goal line so he was off balance and wouldn't have been in a position to come for it. Well, That's awful he's, cowardice. Do you see where you've gone wrong then? And, and you, know, you should have been. I should have just carried on, shouldn't I? Yeah. Absolutely. You should have done it. Get, the, get a few reporters to claim I'm a good shot stopper and see if anyone falls for it. Hey, Richie. <laughs> I, I'd sign you. <laughs> You're a good judge, aren't you? <laughs> Just because you'd fill the goal. <laughs> oh, two, two comments now. Sorry. Pushing it, pushing it. Because your height, obviously. Yeah, two rise. Compared to Dearden. I remember Dearden at Bristol City letting a couple of lobs in from distance. And I always feel, you know, goalkeepers sometimes get criticised for letting a long range shot over them. And sometimes I think that's unfair criticism sometimes. But Dearden let those goals in and he let in others. But that game particularly stood out just because he was short. They were the sort of, if, if he'd been six foot two, he would have just caught it. They were just floating little things and he couldn't get to them. Did, and I, I'm sorry, I didn't. Um, I wasn't a fan of his. I felt he accelerated. Well, at the time, I felt he was accelerating the end for Carey as well because Carey looked bad with Dearden behind him. And I think the reason was he was, he was he was getting on and he was having to defend stuff he, didn't, he shouldn't have had to defend. There was stuff being played in behind him into the edge of the six-yard box and Carey was looking bad, coming back and trying to play stuff, facing his own goal at full stretch and making a hash of it and getting stick off the crowds because Dearden wasn't dealing with it and I thought oh this is the end of Carey now um, once Dearden went Carey had a second wind we get promoted of Carey in the size you know I, I, I no, I wasn't the biggest fan of Dearden oh, you I, may I, have noticed I, yeah I have noticed that slightly I, I gave you that one about the uh, the Carey comments though but the, the, other, the only other thing that I've really got a comment about about the uh, about our squad the shirt is um, <laughs> is, is um, like the role of Sean Pedrick what, what role he's going to play this year because I, oh. I like Pedrick what, what bothers what bothers me is that um, he's uh, we've got six centre backs now. You see, what I don't quite follow is the uh, the purchase of Kempson. The, this notion that he was too good to turn down. Well, maybe he will be. Don't get me wrong. Maybe he's the best centre back we've got, and it's fantastic. But to me, the side's crying out as before for a centre midfield, and he's brought in a centre back. We've got six, I think, serviceable centre backs. I'd be comfortable, fairly comfortable with using, and and Pendrick's one of them. And yeah, you know, he could have put him on a transfer list, and he didn't. So he's obviously got faith in him. And, and I like Pedrick, but where's he going to? How many people is he behind in the queue? See, that's what worries me about, about the side this year. Because you know, you're right. We have got six centre backs who, who we could play in the first team, and I, and our lack of reserve team this year is going is to leave a lot of players without games to play, mm. and they're only going to get their training every day. And that's you, you, it's not good enough for football. You need footballers to be having games mm. to keep their match fitness up. 
but it depends, I suppose, on what um, you know how well they do actually arrange these reserve friendly. I don't, I don't like the idea of us not having a reserve team. I think it's daft. But if they are successful in arranging these games, fine. But I hope they are. Well, I mean, the, the, the other option is that uh, Brian Little's actually going to go for the squad rotation system, <laughs> which just doesn't. Which I'm going to hope, hope to hell that he doesn't do. I find it hard to imagine him doing that, but having said that, he did some strange things last year, and he was—he he didn't go for a settled team. Maybe because we were rubbish, but you know, he was a little unpredictable in his prediction, in his uh, predictions, in his team selections, is what I was going to say uh, last season. But you, you might be right, though. That was because maybe because of our league position and because of our very, very dire performances on the pitch. Yeah, he'd switch. I always felt though he'd switch formations, he'd switch teams, and I found that strange. I know that all right, he was doing it because we were failing. I'm sure, but. Surely, consistency helps as well. If you, if you say to a bloke, "I'm going to keep faith in you," but you got to make make amends next time. If you if you say to a team, "This is our system now. We're going to stick to it for a while. Let it bed in." But instead, I felt that it'd be tried, failed. Then, oh, we'll try something else in training ground for a week. Try that. That fails. Try something else again. Yeah, you're right. Because I mean, things just don't happen overnight, do they? Mm. Teams do take a while to bed in, and that's what the purpose of pre-season is supposed to be: to get the match conditioning and to get, you know, try to try to get that sort of thing sorted out a bit. But again, today, Ryan Little is going to be playing. Well, he's going to be bringing on nine substitutes at half time, <laughs> which I was hoping he was really going to play at least you know 11 men for about 70 minutes, mm. and he's not doing that because crew like Wolves only got six subs, and crew apparently are treating this as their first proper pre-season match according to their websites where they're going to pick a full strength team and well I assume looking at the number of subs stick with it and we've only got two more friendlies to go after this I'm slightly surprised people aren't getting 90 minutes in their legs a bit more I don't, I don't know who am I to organise a pre-season it was, it was this sort of game against crew today we were, we were brought a decent side along mm. where we should have been playing well where Brian Little should have been considering at least playing who he's hoping to be playing as his starting 11 at the start yeah. of the season and he's not doing that Mm. I mean, we're at where we're, we're at Colwyn Bay on Saturday away, and it's not the greatest test, is it? With no disrespect to Colwyn Bay, obviously. That's a different type of football, isn't it? Really, yeah. and it seems, yeah. Usually in pre-seasons, you're playing, you're not doing this at this late stage. It's slightly surprising to me. And he's playing two trialists as well, isn't he? It's, uh, we're not getting team. You know, we're not getting a unit going here, are we? His crew seem to be looking to do today. You know, being informed that the two trialists will be playing 90 minutes today as well, and mm. I suppose that's the way you're going to get a good look at them. But if you swap with the players that are playing around them. The whole game is going to change anyway, so I, I, I don't know. We'll have to see how it, how it pans out. I think on on, yeah. on on the trialist front, though. Well, one thing for sure, we might as well stop in a minute. Actually, have a breather before the game starts. I mean, but one thing for sure, I'm sure that the uh, the tunnel announcements will be good because we've uh, got a plan, haven't we? <laughs> this oh, be oh, have we got a plan? <laughs> oh yes. Should we admit this or not? Though? Perhaps we could actually sell slots <laughs> as part of our sponsorship package, <laughs> right. where people could like pay for like ten seconds of airtime. <laughs> Pirate work, basically. Listeners, and yes, uh, Rich is quite right to mention sponsorship. Please give us money. Um, the <laughs> we we got uh, well, I, I, I bought I bought a wireless microphone, not for any particular reason other than it was cheap, and I thought this could be something interesting. And I had sort of ideas today because like in these games now we've had players sitting in the box in front of us, and we can go down and have a chat to them perhaps during the match. Um, well, I tested it out for the first time before the match today, and actually we got we're going to have a couple of little things we need to iron out we're not going to try and use it straight away and um, one, one key thing one the main reason why we couldn't use it was because when we tried to speak into it we came out beautifully loud out of the tannoy around the ground there's nobody in at the time but <laughs> just so happens that Mark's put a microphone on the same frequency as the racecourse PA system what larks we might have so if, you know if you've got any requests uh, drop the line mm. you, know, con- you know you can contact us 
any time of day you want and uh, we'll do our best to sabotage some uh, stadium announcements well I'll tell you what if, um, if maybe we should have an auction if uh, people want to decide which player they want to have, have abuse screamed at in the 60th minute of the Stevenage game then we could oblige I like it it's a thought, isn't it? It's a shame we didn't have it for Richard Hope last season, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Please try to avoid rep- um, requesting Keeney, Worley or Louie, though, in case they get their names wrong Do and it. they don't know who Do we're it. referring to. Don't forget as well, we've already mentioned sponsorship, but check out our sponsorship packages available on rexandfan.co.uk. Download the PDF and have a look. Contact Mark if you're interested. Absolutely. That's good, that was. That sounded very smooth and professional. Good lads. The, the, the 150 package is gone but there's others available and also just the £10 a match ones uh, for Man of the Match we're looking to sell those so if anybody fancies giving us a tenner and then they can name the, well we'll name the Man of the Match they'll have their name on the website and they'll mention during the broadcast uh, well, I'll, I'll certainly be uh, doing, using my company to sponsor a couple of the Man of the Match awards definitely oh, oh sounds promising excellent well, we've got to sign off Richard think haven't we and, uh, we had it it's 25 past 7 yeah absolutely God, the game's about to start right <laughs> how, how long have we been wrapping on for but, um, let's have a look half an hour 25 minutes, 20 minutes. <laughs> so well, if, if this is unedited and you've stuck with us this long well done exactly if you got for the first five minutes I'm impressed well uh, from the Red Passion board East Anglian Red have we got something for your long drive into work now <laughs> hello East Anglian Red excellent you've been zinged Right, so we have Rich Holmes and Mark Griffiths in no particular order, and that was another Dragon Talk. We'll pop one up again just before the... Uh, oh, God, we then mentioned the thing about Jefferson Louis. We'll leave that. We'll, all the dirt about Jefferson Louis, otherwise this will last about seven hours. Yeah. So we'll have, there'll be another Dragon Talk just before the start of the season. So um, well, that's what we beat crew tonight. This is Dragon Talk.